Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. They see you come forth. They see what you used to be. See what you used to do. They see where you used to go. But now Jesus has called you forth. And now you're a completely different person. What had you bound before? What was killing you before? What killed you before? Now has no power over you. Woo! My God, my God, my God. You are, you are uh, uh, an addict to drugs, heroin, or what have you, or to pornography. What killed you before? Now that Jesus calls you out, has no more power over you. Glory to God. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bible study adventure. Right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, we're going to have an awesome time in the Word of God. I'm excited that you decided to join me once again. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. We're going to have a great time. Uh, now, uh, as you know, we've been in a series entitled The Miracle Man. Jesus is the Miracle Man. If this is your very first time joining us, we're so grateful to have you. Hello, hello, hello. Whether you're watching locally or all around the world, we welcome you. Those of you, those, those of you that are watching by way of YouTube, make sure when you give this video a thumbs up and leave a comment. And that's going to help other people to, to watch this video. We want our numbers to go higher and higher because we want other people to hear the word of God too. I thank you so much for your help. Those of you that are also watching by Roku or listening by way of podcast or watching by way of television or radio. Hello, 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 everybody. Don't forget that everybody can go to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the contact button there. And there you can leave us your prayer requests and let us know that how, let us know how we can pray with you. We believe in prayer. All right. Well, as you know, we're in the book of John, the 11th chapter, and we've been talking a lot about what happened there with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now, Lazarus is now dead, and Jesus is coming to wake him up from death. In other words, he's going, coming to resurrect him. So resurrect him. And we've, we've talked a lot. So if you haven't been, if you're not caught up with us, pause this. Yeah. And go back and watch it and come back so you can catch up with us. Okay. Yes. It's going to be great. All right. So we stopped here at verse number, mm, at verse number 28 and, um, Nope, let's go to verse 25. We're going to go start, start from there. All right. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Now, now, when she made that confession, when Martha made that confession of who Christ really was, who Jesus was, she does something. Let's go on. Verse 28. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, the master is come and calleth for thee. So I, evidently Jesus said to Martha, tell Mary I'm here too. Tell Miriam here. Look at verse 29. As soon as she heard that, she rose, arose quickly 
and came unto him. Now, one thing I want you to see, and you're going to see this in the word. When Martha came to Jesus, she came alone. There was, there was no other, we have no other evidence to say that Martha came with a crowd of people or two or three people. It seems like there was a private conversation there between her and Jesus. All right. Now, Martha goes and gets Mary and let's see what happens. So Mary gets up quickly and goes to the Lord. Verse 30. Now, Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. Verse 31, the Jews then, uh, which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily, went out, followed her, saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, she, rather, let me start again. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now, remember from last week, that phrase is going to be mentioned four times in this one chapter. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus first made that statement to them, telling his disciples, if I were there, this wouldn't have happened. But um, he said, I'm glad I wasn't there to the intent that you might believe. So he makes that statement. If I'd been there, Lazarus would have been alive. Martha comes, make the same statement. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Mary now makes the same statement. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Uh, all right, let's look in verse number 20, verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now, Notice again, Martha came by herself, but Mary brought a lot of people with her. Now, this is one thing we can see, is that when you are, the more you love, and we've seen this also, I believe, here on, maybe it was in Luke, as many Bible commentators say that this Mary was the Mary that anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with uh, the hairs of her head the one that Jesus had forgiven of, of a sinful life. So she is wholly, really devoted to the Lord, and she loves him much. And those that love him much, you can really see their passion. You can really see the passion of someone who really loves someone. Let's talk about for a moment uh, the love that a husband for has for a wife, a wife for a husband, or maybe the love that parents have for their children. When you really love someone, you can't hide it. You, you can't hide it because it's expressed through your words. It's expressed through your actions. Now, surely Martha loves the Lord too, but Mary has a deeper love and connection, possibly because she has been forgiven of more. So she gets to Jesus and I believe it says what? She falls at his feet, weeping. It says here in verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, let me back up to verse number 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, she saw him and fell down, yes, fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. So she is weeping, and rightly so her brothers died, but she's falling down at his feet, and she's worshiping, and, and she's crying, lamenting. And the people that are with her 
are really feeling what she is feeling. So she's crying. And those that are with her are also crying. And look what happens here. The Bible says in verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, he came with her. Now Jesus moves. Isn't that something? Uh, before, when the word came to Jesus, he stayed in the same place, waited for two days, and then he comes and he stops. Martha comes to him, and they have this very good intellectual discussion here. Uh, the Lord tells her, that, hey, I am the resurrection and the life. He tells her that, but he doesn't move. Mary comes with a true heart of worship. I want you to see this, true heart of worship. And it's that worship and that passion that moves the Lord now to come even further to the place of pain. This is wonderful. It says, now again, <laughs> I don't want to tell you that worship is always emotional because it's not always emotional. Worship can be driven by emotion, by weeping, by great sorrow. It can be driven by excitement, but all worship must come from within. Some people can be just really in worship and you have no idea on the exterior. You have no idea if they're happy or mad or sad. You just can't tell on the outside. But something comes from the inside. True worship comes from the inside. A heart cries out to the Lord. A heart cries out to him and he hears your call. Some things cannot be hidden. And what was on the inside is now manifesting on the outside, that deep pain that deep sorrow. And so the Lord sees Mary sorrowing and the others with her sorrowing and sorrowing or crying or weeping. And the Bible says here that Jesus groaned in, groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He wasn't troubled with Martha. He wasn't troubled when he first got the news. But something about the worship of Mary, the heart of Mary that now troubles the Lord Jesus. Now look at verse number 34 and said, the Bible says again in verse 33, one more time, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Verse 34 and said, where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. In the very famous verse, verse 35, Jesus wept. Now we focused on Mary's pain, Martha's pain, Lazarus, obvious pain, but understand something. For Jesus to wait that amount of time, he also suffered pain as well. When you see your friends and the ones that you love in pain and know that you can do something about it, but yet and still, he resists, resists answering their call until an appropriate time because there's something more valuable that he wants to give them. He could have been there, yes, uh, to heal Lazarus and to deliver him completely, but he waited because he wanted them to believe in him more fully. The Bible records that um, all things are possible to him that believes. So he's trying to bring them into another realm, into to another reality where all things are possible. And to develop this type of faith in Christ, this type of belief in Christ, it's going to come out of pain, from pain to power. So this lets us know again that the Lord loves you greatly, and he did not cause the pain in your life. He did not cause the pain in Lazarus' lives, but he will use it in order to bring us into a greater belief and trust in him from pain to power.
from pain to power. So Jesus was in pain too. He was troubled too because he loves them and did not want to see them in pain. But there was something far more greater that was of a greater benefit to them that he had to allow to happen. He had to allow this pain to get them something so uh, some, to give them something that was of a greater benefit to them. So he holds, he loves you. God loves you. He loves you greatly. He doesn't want to see us in pain. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But he's trying to get something to us. So in that time of pain, when we don't understand, let's just submit to the love, to the love of God. Let's just thank him for loving us and thank him that he is our savior and our love, our, our, the love of our soul, our counselor, our God, our king. Realize that our Father has a plan for us. He's not up there just waiting, looking at your misery. No, the Father is touched by you. He's touched. And Jesus, the Bible declares, he was touched by, and by the feelings of our infirmity. He hurts when you hurt. Isn't that something? When you feel pain, he feels that pain. But he wants you to get through it, to go through this valley of the shadow of death and come out with a greater prize. It's all going to be worth it in the end. Believe me, it's all going to be worth it. So Jesus wept. Look at verse 36. Then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not, should not have died? There it is. There's the fourth statement. <laughs> Officially now, light has come. Light has come to this area of darkness. It's been spoken four times. This is, this is wonderful. It's wonderful. Now, what happens after this fourth declaration in this chapter? Let's look. Look at verse 38. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a grave and a stone lay upon it, or it was a tomb and a, and a stone laid on it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, excuse me, Jesus, excuse me, Lord, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Lord, I know you want to raise him up and everything, but let me, let me inform you, Jesus, that his body is beginning to decay. I mean, now you could have done this on day three, day two, day one, but you waited. We don't all know why. But remember, Jesus had already told her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. The word was already spoken. It was already spoken, waiting for a place to be fulfilled. Jesus says again, roll away the stone. But here's an objection. Lord, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, the divorce papers are, have already been signed. It's too late. The sentence has already been carried out. The, the judge has already banged the gavel and gave the person 20 years. It's too late. The doctor said the test results are in. It's too late. He stinketh by now. The whole situation stinks now, Lord. It's too late. We expected you to come and say some nice words at the funeral. We didn't expect all of this, Jesus. Let's look how the Lord responds to this. When she is clearly saying, this can't happen. Let's look. Uh, and now remember, she did confess that Jesus was Christ. So she did believe in him. But her faith is about to jump to the next level. Let's look. Verse 40. Uh, verse 40 says, Jesus saith unto her, 
said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou wouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, oh, this is something powerful here. Get ready to kick your leg out. Woo, woo, woo. Get ready. Are you ready? Oh, my God. This is so good. Ready. Are you ready? I didn't hear you say ready. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go. It says, the Lord says here. So he's at the grave site, right? At the grave site. And he's about to, to pray. All right. Here we go. He says, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Oh, wait a minute. That thou hast heard me. That meant that Jesus has already been having conversation with the Father about Lazarus. They had already been talking. Already been talking. The word of intercession reached the ears of Jesus. And there's already a heavenly conversation about Lazarus. Isn't that awesome? Now, the father is the judge, right? Jesus, the Bible says he's our intercessor. He's our attorney in the courtroom. The devil wanted to kill Lazarus and wanted Lazarus to stay dead. Well, he's a close personal friend of Jesus. Why not hurt Jesus by hurting the one he loves? So it was the enemy's plan to kill Lazarus. Lazarus stayed dead. All right. I can about see this scenario playing out. The devil comes and says, you know, accuses Lazarus. Hey, he ought to die. Lazarus d dies. But Jesus intercedes. He prays to the father, talks to the father about Lazarus. And there's a verdict from heaven. Let him live. That Lazarus would live again. So Jesus is coming uh, on the authority of father to release a word, to release this miracle. Now, remember, the Bible says how. God was in Christ working these miracles. Hallelujah. And we're going to see this now. This is so awesome. So Jesus lifted up his eyes and he begins to talk to the father. Well, what does he say? Look at verse 42. He says, uh, let me back at verse 41. It says, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. 42. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, when he prayed, what, what, what kind of prayer was this? He said, Father, we talked about this earlier. But so these people would believe that you sent me, that I am the Christ, I am the Messiah, the Son of God, so that they may believe. Remember in the very beginning, Jesus said, I'm glad I wasn't there to the intent that you may believe. So all this is about believing. La the Lord is, has used, is using Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Uh, Lazarus, of course, his death. Martha to get the word of resurrection and Mary to bring the people. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding this? <laughs> I feel like a little baby in a high chair. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. Isn't this powerful? He's using them. God's using them in an effort that everybody around can believe that Jesus is Messiah. And so he's there at the tomb talking to God, the father, letting the people know, hey, I have a connection with father. I'm here because of him. What happened? All right. This is wonderful. Look at verse number. What do we leave on? My goodness. Verse 41 again. It says, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, verse 42. Yes. Verse 42. Verse 42 says, I know that thou uh, hurt, uh, hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, 
that they may believe that thou hast sent that thou hast sent me. Verse 43. When he had, rather, verse 43, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> oh my God, this is awesome. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, that's what Jesus does for us. What happened there? Lazarus was dead and Jesus raised him from the dead. This is a picture of the new life in Christ. We were bound by Lazarus. Lazarus was bound by the old things, but he came forth to new life in Christ and he had to be loose from those things that had him bound. Hallelujah. Maybe some form, some form of addiction had you bound. Maybe some bad relationship had you bound. Poverty had you bound. Well, when you're in Christ Jesus, the Lord speaks a word. Loose him, loose her, and let him go. Loose, uh, loose Linda and loose Richard and, and Maddie, Leslie, loose them and let them go. Glory to God. Glory to God. Loose Allie. Loose you. Tell the Lord says, loose and you can put your name in it. Hallelujah. Loose Sumiko. Hallelujah. He says, loose them and let them go. My God, when you spring forth to new life, new life in Christ, in Christ Jesus, the old things begin to break away and break off. And now this new man comes forth. And this new man, Lazarus, is going to bring much glory to God. They're going to have a party soon. And Lazarus is going to be um, uh, the, this focus of attention, along with, of course, Lord Jesus. And many people are going to believe on Jesus because they know, hey, Lazarus, you were dead, man. You were really dead, bruh. What did you see? What did you experience? Lazarus is, is a center of attention. Now, because of Lazarus, many other people will begin to believe in Jesus. Let's go ahead and wrap up. This is so awesome. This is so awesome. All right, let's look uh, where were we? All right, verse number 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Look at verse 46. But some of them, my God, some of them weren't changed. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that something? Everybody in that crowd that saw that miracle, that saw what Jesus did, wasn't changed. You know, I used to believe that if people would see the glory of God, if they would see miracles, signs, and wonders, that they would believe. That's all they need to do was see something, and then surely they will believe. No, that's not the case. That was a bit naive of me to think that, because some people will see it, like in this case here, and still deny it. It's all about the heart. It's about the heart, letting Christ in. Some people, all they need to do is see a little bit, and they're, they're, they're there. They're in. They say, I'm in. Others, they can see everything. They can see angels. They can, they can see the Lord himself and still refuse to believe. So it's not always seeing is believing. Sometimes it's believe me and then I'll show you. Hmm? The greatest evidence that really compels people to believe in Jesus 
let me say this again, the greatest evidence that will really compel people to believe Jesus often is a changed life. They see you come forth. They see what you used to be, see what you used to do. They see where you used to go. But now Jesus has called you forth and now you're a completely different person. What had you bound before, what was killing you before, what killed you before, now has no power over you. Oh my God, my God, my God. You are, you are uh, uh, an addict to drugs, heroin, or what have you, or to pornography. What killed you before, now that Jesus calls you out, has no more power over you. Glory to God. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Isn't that awesome? And Jesus not only called Lazarus forth, but he's also calling you and I forth. But there's, let's close right here. But there are other people in the crowd that weren't too convinced. They still wanted to stay, things to stay the way they were. And so they saw the miracle and they took that word straight to Jesus's haters. Let's look again. Verse number uh, 48, or rather verse 46. Then gathered the chief priests and, and the scribes, and, and rather, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. See, that's, that's their motive, right? To get rid of Jesus. Because if Jesus keeps doing this, they won't believe in what we're teaching. They're going to believe in Christ Jesus. We won't have the respect, the prestige, the money. We won't have all the big facilities and we won't have all of this if they believe in Jesus. So we got to stop Jesus because if we don't, everybody's going to believe on him and they're going to take away our place, number one, and yeah, and our nation too. Let's look on a little bit further. Verse 49, it says, and one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, ye know not, rather, you know, ye know nothing at all. Verse 50, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. Isn't that something? That's awesome, isn't it? He sure did. But let's look on further. Verse 52, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one, the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. Wow. I don't think he knew what he was saying either. Jesus had to die for the nation and for the world. They took it upon themselves that, yeah, we're going to be the ones to do it. They had no clue what Jesus came to do. They had no clue who he really was. The devil, obviously being a part of this meeting here, putting Jesus to death, had no clue that in putting Jesus to death, would be his greatest defeat. That when the blood of Jesus was shed from Calvary's cross, that blood 
would give every believer the power over him. Glory to God that when, when they put the Son of God to death upon the cross, we would die with him. And we would also be resurrected to new life. And just as he called Lazarus forth from the grave, our father calls you forth from the grave. You are authorized from heaven to come forth from your bondage, from your addictions, from your habits, from bad relationships, from your abuses. You are authorized from heaven to come forth into new life. So let me say this here. Uh, you say your name. Yes, come forth. In the name of Jesus, come forth. Glory to God. Let the power of God wash over you now and deliver you. Deliver you, I pray God delivers you from coronavirus, from diabetes, from uh, heartache problems, high blood pressure problems, whatever issue is going on in your life, wherever the devil has you bound, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come forth. Glory to the Lamb of God. Woo! I feel the power of God in this studio today. Woo! My God. Oh, my God. Woo! That was powerful. <laughs> well, that's going to conclude this, um, this From Pain to Power sub-series. And next week, next week we're going to come back with even more. Now, don't forget to log on to our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can watch today's message over again if you like. And also get links to the podcast and all the other media. So it's there on the website at kingdomrock.org. Don't forget to send us your prayer request at kingdomrock.org. Click the contact button and let us pray with you. Until next time, remember, Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. I'll see you on the next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.